Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. HashtagBasketball.com has the best fantasy basketball tools out there, easily the best scheduler, drafts, uh, tools that are going to help your draft, tools that are going to help you during the season, tools that will help you trade, and tools that will allow you to do your own customized projection based on the one and only great Mark Roberts' projections. HashtagBasketball.com. Go check them out. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. Join me as always. It's my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? So I would like to say something about those tools today. Michael, are you okay with that? Uh, uh, yeah, of course. So, we got to pimp our sponsor. So I get these questions relatively frequently about you know, I was looking at Mark's rankings or Basketball Monster or wherever, wherever you're getting your rankings. I don't know. Johnny Fredrickson, who has his own website. And they say, you know, I'm looking at his projections and he's got this guy for six assists, but I think he's going to get seven. That's the beauty of the hashtag basketball tools, right? You can go in there. You can make your own projections. You want to put, you know, Kyrie Irving getting 10 assists a game. You can do it. And then you click the little rank button. You find out where that puts him in the value, right? So basically you can make all your own projections for every player if you wanted to. You can do it for just players you think are going to be better. And you can kind of see, okay, if he produces this stat line, what's his ceiling? Okay, well, if if the player's ceiling is top 20 and he's going at 60, well, then maybe you do want to reach for him at 40 or 50 because you think he's going to be a top 20 player. So it can kind of help you with those situations too of like, I think everyone's underrating this guy a little bit. How much are they underrating him? You can see for yourself now. Yeah. And, you know, those projections online, no matter where you're getting them, uh, if you're getting them from uh, Hesha Basketball, where Mark Roberts uses uh, some algorithms based on uh, historical statistics by each one of these players and the player type, it's, it's quite uh, an impressive uh, projection. It should just be a starting place you should be you know if you have your own feelings your own intuitions your own insider information then go in that direction and hashtag basketball.com allows you to do that um so go check them out and tyler we are almost ready to do our listener league drafts they are like coming up in like the next couple like day or two yeah and so if any of you listeners out there are interested and getting in on one of those listener leagues, whether it be uh, the Dynasty Draft, the Boring Redraft, or Weird 3-Cat League, no matter what, we'll, we even start a, another league. If you're like, oh, I want to do this crazy old league, all right, let's do it. Like, why not? Uh, there's a lot of directions you can go. And if you want to get into one of those listener leagues, because we only got like a day or two left, so you got to hurry, go out to patreon.com slash watching the boxes, just like – our two new Patreon subscribers did. Uh, Dan, Margolin, Margolin. I'm terrible with these names. Uh, you sound like a basketball player because I can't pronounce your last name. Uh, Dan, respect to you. And Mike Taylor, who has a very pronounceable name. Respect to both Dan and Mike out there. Um, they have joined our Patreon at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. They are going to get exclusive content leading up to the season. Tyler's sleepers are out there. Those are some good sleepers out there. You might, you might be able to pick up on some of the sleepers just by listening to the show. But those deep sleepers that you got out there, Tyler, are excellent fodder for those those big leagues. What was the goal, right? So 
anybody can say, oh, this guy actually getting picked in Yahoo Leagues is a deep sleeper. Like, that's baloney. Okay. So I did the work for you now. Obviously, it's a couple days old now. So someone maybe is taking my advice and they're slipping on the very back end of that Yahoo list. But all my deep sleepers, you will not find them. If you look through Yahoo's ADP, you will not find their name on there. That was the goal. The goal is to find guys that nobody's looking at. They are not being drafted. So go check that out, patreon.com, watching the boxes. That is out there for all you subscribers. We'll be doing exclusive content throughout the season. But, Tyler, this content here, I guess, is exclusive to our listeners who are listening to the podcast. So respect to them. We've been doing our Who Do I Draft series, and we have gotten down to pick number five, who we are taking at pick number five anyway. Some people are out on this man. His name is Kevin Durant, the Durantula, the big uh, lanky man. Chula, I think is his other nickname. A lot of people are sleeping on him. I don't know why they're sleeping on him. The dude is um, just one of the best players easily in the league. Uh, great across the board, no matter you're doing head-to-head to Roto. There's really no players who provide the, the skill set, the, the fantasy uh, production that Kevin Durant does. And I keep hearing people saying, oh, he's probably going to sit games and he's probably going to – he's got a bad schedule. Oh, no. And it's um, – I just want to remind everybody he was ranked third per game last year. And in totals – in totals, in 68 games, he was the fifth overall player. So stop stop not drafting Kevin Durant. Yeah, and people will say, oh, he's going to sit 15 games. He missed 15 games. He missed 14 games last year, and he was the fifth overall player. So, you know, to take Durant at 8 or 9 or 10 seems relatively foolish for those other people who passed yeah. up on him. Let's I will say this, though. This pick, like we're getting into that range where – it's very frustrating for me to pick in a snake draft because I keep putting, you know, two or three names in my queue and I'm like, Oh, I really want one of this guy or this guy. And then it's so long in between every pick, right? You get sniped and sniped and sniped and sniped and you walk away from the draft. Then I'm like, man, I could have had so much better team. Yeah. Um, Middle of the round. I feel is incredibly hard. I, I know you prefer picking on the turn. So do I pretty much. It's just easier to go. All right. I like that guy and that guy. And they both fall to you versus, waiting for your next pick the longest basically out of anybody if you're picking in the middle of the round and hardly ever getting it's almost like you got to ignore the draft which is not good advice so don't don't ignore the draft because our second pick is going to be all the way at pick number 20 and quite all, all the second tier guys are gone basically at pick number 20 in, in my opinion anyway and uh you really got to go with whoever's hanging around at pick number three. I mean, Kevin Durant, you can go in any direction. He's a great scorer. He's very efficient. He gets good blocks for his position. Gets good rebound assists for his position. So, Tyler, pick number 20, really, what direction do you want to go here? Well, I mean, so it's a similar cast of characters. Um, I think we all know who's available. We got Bradley Beal. We got Drew Holiday. We got Tyler Jimmy Butler, we got Drummond, we got Devin Booker, probably not looking any below that range for this pick. Um, so Kevin Durant is one of the quintessential all across the board contributors, right? Like everywhere he is 
good to elite. Um, so that makes your life interesting because you can do anything you want. Yeah, um, I think if you wanted to go uh, John Waller, Drew Holiday here, and just your assists are going to look great. You're going to be re- you're going to be sitting really, really good. If you wanted to go middle of the road, like all across the board, like your Jimmy Butler the, that we always we love Jimmy Butler, we pick him a lot in our series because we do think he's very underrated. Um, you could go Jimmy Butler. Uh, if anybody above these uh, guys falls to you here at pick 20, great, even better. Hell, you could go Rudy Gobert and dominate blocks. Um, so it's it's just a lot of options on how you like to build your team and what you think is going to be available later. Um, I will make a nomination today for Mr. John Wall. Wow. I love okay. his assists. I feel like Durant is a good assist guy for a power forward. That's probably where I'm going to play him because I think the power forward position may be one of the weakest, um, especially in leagues that limit those eligibilities quite a bit. They all want to make all the big men centers, but we won't get into that today. So um, I feel like getting some elite assist from that power forward spot from Durant and getting some good points, some good threes from Durant, and then I'm probably going to shift away a little bit maybe from field goal percentage because John Wall ain't the best at that, but that's okay. I feel like I'm pretty good in most of the rest of the categories. Yeah, you're now uh, basically, I'd say, pumping up the things that Kevin Durant are, is good, but still good at. And now you're elite in those things. Plus your scoring is really, really nice. Your, free throw, or your field goal is a little bit down. Don't even worry about that. I like that John Wall pick there. Uh, I, I could also see going Rudy Gobert there because, like, centers are hard to come by later in the draft. Now you got two big centers. You're dominating everybody in blocks. Uh, you're really, really good at rebounds. But you're going to have to basically go guard-guard after that. So it's possible. There are a lot of good guards in the middle rounds that, like we've talked about. Your uh, your Bledsoe's, your Teague's, your Rubio's, those guys are available in rounds uh, three, four, and five. But uh, I like going John Wall. you got an elite point guard you got an elite forward and then you come back in uh, round three at pick 29 and you still got some decent players sitting around here um you got draymond green cj mccollum kevin love kind of uh, rings out to me here marcus soul eric bledsoe is available if you if you want to get a, a double down on them point guards so Tyler, with pick 29 in round three, where, where are you going? So, I think that you could go in uh, two relative two directions here. Um, we know we don't love the center crop coming up, but it, we could still grab maybe a Marc Gasol or a Vucevic with our next pick. I'm liking, I'm liking Kevin Love there. I'm, that's I mean, who I'm leaning towards, but you, you keep going. Well, okay, so this is this is where I'm going to kind of get here is I, I'm really big on Kevin Love in this pod too, and most people know that I'm not the, the biggest Kevin Love backer. You're not. But, but in this in this particular build, um, I think we see Love push up the points this year, right, probably in the 19-20 range. Just who else is going to score for Cleveland? Out of necessity. Right, um, Love. We think about Love's three points. I think they might go down a little bit. Just I think Love. Well, he's not going to be standing around on the uh, on the right, corner waiting. waiting for LeBron to pass him the ball. You know, 
And I think maybe we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit before. The Cavs don't have a lot of playmakers. They got a lot of stand around and spot up shooters, or they got a lot of guys who are me first guys like Jordan Clarkson. And so I I don't know that he's going to get that many unless he's going to shoot them off the dribble three-point attempts, which is... He'll still shoot some threes, I'm sure of that. Uh, uh, yeah, but okay, so he was in like the 2.8 range, right? Like three three-pointers a game range last couple of years. I think that's probably down closer to two. Like I just yeah. don't I yeah. just don't see that. But um, we're talking elite rebounds, talking okay assists, especially if we're going to play him at center. Um, I just really like that build. I think it's going to be a really good build around points, around threes, around some good free throw percentage. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm with you there. I, I told you I'm already leaning towards him, and you're not going to get a center in this run. So, like, this might be a little early for someone like Kevin Love. It's uh, a little early for someone like Marcus Soule, who also kind of fits in the same mold here. But – those guys are going to be gone by pick 44. And that's what's a little tough about picking around five and six is that big drop between uh, three and four. That's usually when the center, that last center, uh, decent center run happens. You still got those guys in rounds five and six that are going to be around. But none of those guys really uh, move the needle as much as this group of centers do. So you, if you got to get a center here, you're going to have to reach for them. Um, Draymond Green is a little interesting to me because our, our – Points are so good as well. And then you can kind of get that across the board production, crazy assists from your forward. And then you would have really good assists, all three of those. Uh, but if Trayvon Green's not available there, I think Kevin loves the, the way to go. Well, and I'll say this about the difference between love and Draymond Green here for me would be free throws, which I feel you're pretty good at. And, yeah. and love's going to give you a, a decent amount more three pointers, which I mean, I think we could be relatively elite at that if we get a love three-pointers, and we're probably trending towards middle of the road if we get a guy like Draymond Green. Yeah, that's definitely true. And like as we <laughs> talked about Mark's projections, if you think Kevin Love's going to get less three-pointers, drop those three-pointers down those projections. Maybe you think Marcus Soule's going to get more, move him up, see who's better, and then go with, go with the one you like the best. Right, it's really, really easy to do. Here's the the big reason that I'm never a huge Kevin Love blacker is you're not going to get a lot of steals and blocks, right? Like that's just not a Kevin Love thing. Like he's going to get you a half and less than one um, in the two categories. So, but in this particular build, like I feel like we're pretty good in those. Yeah, we're already solid in both of those categories. Right, and we got we got John Wall who's, right? So if you flip those two and kind of like look at, you know, he, this one's the big man and this one's the small man. Like you're just still elite, right? Like regardless of how you want to look at it. Um, if you flip the blocks, right? You're getting half a block from your point guard and now a block from your big man. That category is still trending to be pretty good. That's true. Um, our next pick, way down the list. Fourth round, pick 44. Um, kind of your, if, if any of those centers are left, maybe John Collins is left. Maybe DeAndre Jordan is left. Probably not if someone's doing a punt build and you're not. So DeAndre Jordan's probably off the board. But you do have Gary Harris available here. Jason Tatum is available around here. Maybe even Blake Griffin could be around here. Mike Connolly, Gordon Hayward is out. Um, is still out here. 
And our boy, um, I think it's our, is our boy Eric Bledsoe still out here? No, I think he's. I think he's already been drafted. That's forty-two. He is so average close. ADP, so he is probably gone. Um, so we're in this range where we look at the similar guys every time. It's Harris, it's Hayward. Um, I'm yeah. not looking at John Collins here personally. Um, Mike Conley would be fine. Um, in a different build, probably John Dre Jordan. I don't really want to pump my free throws at this point, though. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be picking at fifty-three next. So you will see maybe Robert Covington still left. Joe Ingles would be out there. And so there's these low points guys that could still be sitting out there. But then after that, and you really got to pay attention to these these picks. At 68, you're going to miss out on Ricky Rubio, Jeff Teague, any of those point guards that you might be interested in uh, that are in that, in that middle tier category. So I don't know if you want to start reaching down because once you get to like pick – 40 through 70, they're all kind of a mixed bag of guys. They all provide about the same amount of value. So you really want to fit it to your your strategy here. Right now, we're very good at uh, rebounds, assists. We don't care too much about a field goal percentage at this point. Uh, our steals and blocks are fine. Uh, so we kind of it feels like we need to head in that in that one direction. And it might be interesting to to maybe reach down and for both of these picks, which maybe I don't know if that's good advice. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. And I'd like to get someone who scores, and then I'd like to get someone after him who's like a Joe Ingles across the board, or maybe you even go like a Jeff Teague, Ricky Rubio. I think you go Gordon Hayward with this pick. He's kind of the last good scorer on the board. And. Right, underrated rebounds and assists for the shooting guard, small forward type. He fits the bill with some really strong free throw. It's going to get you probably like two three-pointers a game, which we need. I just feel like that's, that's a strong fit for this particular build. He's uh, a little boring in my opinion, but he's also very good at basically everything, and he's a good scorer. So if you don't want to have to go find your points later – then Gordon Hayward is a great get here. But uh, if you don't mind going to find those points later, you know, maybe you do look at your Robert Covington's here. Yeah, and I mean, you could do that. I just feel like other than steals, like what is Covington giving you that and, – and blocks, what is Covington giving you that Hayward's not? Fair. You know what I mean? He's, like he's, I, Hayward's giving you a lot more points, that's for sure. Well, and he's giving you similar rebounds, right? More assists, better percentages. Like, I just feel like Gordon Hayward, other than steals and blocks, but we don't – I mean, I don't think we need – we don't have a huge need for those steals and blocks. No. I don't think we're, we're great in those categories. Obviously, after picking Kevin Love, but I don't think we have a huge need with Durant and, and John Wall, who are both pretty good and pretty elite in both those categories. Yeah, our blocks are probably a little bit down, but, like, we're fine pretty much everywhere else – uh, our assists are probably a little lacking at this point, even though Wall is super elite. Kevin Love is solid. KD is solid. Uh, I, I wouldn't say we're one of the most elite guys, but I think our rebounds are very stellar at this point. Our points are incredibly good at this point. I th- I think I can almost I can almost feel it, Tyler. I know. I pick fifty three. I see I see the look in your eye. I see the smile on your face. I see the 
the glint of Ricky Rubio. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it was Will Barton. That's my favorite player, Mike. Come on. Oh, Steve Barton? Yo, you know he's he's gonna tear it up. He's gonna be fantastic. You know, I, I think uh I think I'm gonna go Will Barton over Lou Williams like every in every draft. Just putting it out there. Uh that's fair. Uh they do somewhat similar things. Um it's kind of a a a debate on who's gonna score more and, and hit more threes kind of thing and um, I like Will Barton's role in Denver. I like their high-powered. Uh, it, it probably probably should be one of the best offenses in the entire league. They, well, uh, Lou, Williams had a really bad second half. Well, and we talk about this a, a good bit that um, well, that Denver team's not particularly deep, especially on those wings. So, yeah. I mean, Will Barton can see a, a hefty load of minutes himself too. So, um, that could be good for him. Uh, yeah, so in this general range, yeah, we, you're not going to take Will Barton here. I know you, Tyler. I know who you're taking. You're taking Ricky Rubio. Just do it. Um, it's a good fit. So the underrated part about Rubio, right? So Mark only has him projected for 13.2 points. Um, once Rubio made the adjustment to the Jazz last year, he didn't obviously get the assist we thought he was going to get, but he scored like 14 points a game. Um, yeah. So I think people, some people give Rubio that like Covington vibe of like, oh, he's only going to score like 10 or 11 points. Like on this Jazz team, they ask him to score quite a bit. And so uh, don't be surprised to see Rubio knocked around 14 points. Um, still good rebounds, good assists, great steals. Um, he's just a real good fit for this build. I agree. I, I really like him actually here with the rebounds. Uh, your sister now, real, real, real nice. Your steals are also very good. The free throws are definitely elite, I would say, at this point, especially with KD leading the way there. Pick 68, round six. Lots of balls hanging out around here. We never pick Lonzo Ball. Um, if Jeff Teague falls here, you know how much we love Jeff Teague. He didn't fall to us, but uh, he does probably be looking at him. Kyle Kuzma. Julius Randle, Harrison Barnes. If you want to go with those, if you went with a guy who didn't score a little bit earlier, uh, here's Harrison Barnes sitting here. Uh, old Harry B. Gonna probably lead the Dallas Mavericks in points. Uh, your your boy, Tyler Nicholas Batum's out here. Enos Cantor, highly underrated. I think he's gonna just uh, you know Enos Cantor had like a twenty twenty game, and, and I know it's preseason. You I know, know it's preseason game. It's preseason. Let's not take a big deal. But he also had a twenty twenty point uh, twenty twenty game. In the real basketball league, uh, the regular season last year. Yeah, and he's just a perpetually kind of underrated guy. I think just he he does what he does, so you gotta know you gotta know what you're buying. But at the same time, like Canner's gonna get you good points and good rebounds with good percentages in 25 minutes a game, and he's gonna probably play more than that in New York. So they're even gonna be better points and rebounds. Um, I 100% agree. And you'd probably get him a little bit later in 68, but if you really wanted those stats, there he is. Dude, the guy to pick's your Huckleberry, though. What? Your Huckleberry, Nikola Miritich, is the what? guy to pick here. Nico? Nico Miritich? What? He's still available? Yes, sir. Well, we pick, we pick, we've been picking uh, we've been picking Nico quite a bit. We just, I, I mean, you know how much I, I care about Nico. I had a, a Nico Chia pet that I raised. He had a, it was a, a bust of Nico Miritich. You, you had to shave the beard off last year, though. And his beard. 
would grow as a cheetah pet. Once he's shaved his beard, though, I, I, I can't look at him. I can't look at him right in the face. It scares me. Um, is it back? It's got to be back. He's got to be growing it back. I don't think it is. I don't. I haven't seen him yet, but I, I don't think it's back. He's got to be. He's got to be. Started, I think he started playing better. We got to start a hashtag like "grow the beard" or something. Miritich grows back the, beard. the beard. Bring back yeah. the beard. We got. We got to keep sending it to him. Yeah, everybody out there, I want to ask you one: keep bothering ESPN. Every listener out there, bother ESPN. Tell them to get. Just pick a player and give whatever. Uh, position that they actually should have just be like why don't you have this we might actually just start doing a weekly thing Dude, where i tweet i'm gonna tweet out a guy and we're gonna get that position uh on espn i think we're gonna do that you want to really annoy him take a screen grab of basketball references like position percentage that the person's played that position and i looked through a few of them the other day i found some where the guy like played like 60 70 80 percent at a position and ESPN gave him a completely different position as his only position in their game. It is completely um, unacceptable. We will be uh, monitoring that situation, I think, all year long. So that might be just be something we, uh, we're going to get started here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just feel like Meritage fits the build pretty good here. He gives you threes. He's going to give you some pretty good points. He's going to give you boost up those rebounds. He's going to be all right in the steals of blocks, keep you – keep you competitive in both those categories, even though you may not be the absolute best team. And he's going to give you some pretty good free throws as well. Um, just building a real strong build there around those kind of categories of points, free throws, rebounds. Yeah, I like that. I mean, Nico, I like Nico in almost any build. I think he's a top 50 player easily if you're getting him in the 60 range, which we often do. Uh, obviously, he's available on Yahoo at that point, but he might be getting going a little bit earlier if people know what they're talking about. He's going to be great. He's going to be fine. And uh, get out there and hashtag bring back the beard to Nico Mirtic. Uh, that would that would help me out, so I could I could respect Nico again. Re respect him. Re re respect him. I'm going to re re respect him, and then I could get my chia, my Nico Chia pet out. Grow that beard back too. So I'll bring back the beard if he does. <laughs> fair, fair. All right. With this last pick at uh, pick seventy-seven, pretty late in the draft, probably could go really any any direction here. Uh, you know, if you wanted to go another big, Brooke Lopez uh, is always kind of interesting to me. If Chris Dunn is available here, I think he's our kind of our always always picking that guy as our as our point guard. I think he's going to be pretty good this year. Uh, any particular guy who you think fits this build better than? Than others, um, you mentioned a lot of the good names, right? In this general area, um, it, to me, it's probably between Dunn. Maybe I'm looking at Enos Cantor if we don't pick Miritich with that pick, right? If Miritich gets picked and picked before, you know, you might look at Cantor's just for his great rebounds. Um, I feel like we're pretty solid in rebounds, though. Um, yeah, our rebounds are really good. Brooke Lopez, man, if, if you told me Brooke Lopez was going to play like 28 to 30 minutes a game, that would... I'm, I'm baking on it. I hope he does. Um, I'm I'm still a little questionable about it, uh, watching him and play in preseason, how they, rota- how they do the rotations there in Milwaukee, but I lo- Bud's offense there uh, really interests me, and I feel like you know Lopez has got a role there, and he's gonna, I think he's going to play quite a bit. I just don't know. Well, and, who else they got going on there? He's gonna play like nobody wants John Henson on the floor. Well, and here's another important thing to remember about Bud. We talked about this last year with the Hawks a lot, right? Like 
even guys like Torian Prince, who most people would say was the guy he was trying to develop in a rough year for the Hawks, like he only played about 30 minutes a game. What is one of those guys who doesn't play a lot of his guys like a whole ton of minutes? Um, so depending on how he's looking at Brook Lopez in his scheme, right? Could he throw some Irsan Ilyasov out there at center and do some weird things and keep Lopez's minutes down a little bit? Um, that's definitely something to watch early in the season. Yeah, I'd say it's uh, it's definitely a risk. Uh, but Brook Lopez does end up playing 30, 32 minutes a night. Uh, he's going to be a top 50 guy. Yeah, and we saw, right? He could he, be, anyway. Well, he struggled a lot last year early on with the Lakers, but then once he started getting consistent minutes, like, he was pretty consistently good again. He still has it. Yeah, it's still there. So, I mean, I have no issues picking him with this pick. I just – I would say there's some risk to it, and I think I want to get that out there for everybody making that pick is you got to realize that that one's not as surefire bet. Like, Chris Dunn's going to play a boatload of minutes for the Bulls, right? Like, there's nobody to back him up. Um, this has a safe roller, safer Whoa, roller. Cameron, Cameron Payne, bro, he's coming hot. Your favorite player in the NBA, Cameron Payne? Bulls are going to be the, the worst team in the NBA. Uh, no, there's there's a team in Atlanta, man. I've 180'd on him. I was all excited about the season, then I saw him play, try to play defense, and I was like, okay, never mind. We're going to get we're gonna get Zion in the next draft. It's going to be great. Dude, they're going to be fun, though. There's going to be some shootouts. Like, shootouts are fun. Scoring sure. points is fun. Why not? Of course. Plus, I'm in. They're going to win some games in that East just because that East in the bottom half is bad. It's very I mean, bad. The Magic don't have a point guard. The Hawks don't play well on either side of the ball. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Like, they're kind of just a weird cast of characters. They, they're probably better than the Bulls this year, but they're kind of a weird Best of men. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, it's going to be a mess in the East, as it always is, every single year. So, like, what's new there? Uh, one guy I actually want to throw out who is playing in the East, who I think is getting a little bit overlooked, and I, I get why, but maybe he's getting too overlooked. And I think Tyreek Evans actually is going to play a bigger role in Indiana than originally we thought when he went there. And if he is playing a bigger role there. He could be someone interesting that you take, maybe not with the 77th pick, but maybe the next round, maybe in the eighth round. And he's falling all the way down to pick 100 in Yahoo. So I think that's a little too late for him. Yeah, I'm with you. And we've seen pretty much every year that he's healthy and playing even like 25 minutes a game that Tyreek Evans is pretty darn good for fantasy. Yeah. Um, You got to like his chances of getting that. And I mean, he played 30 for Memphis last year. He could push up beyond that. Um, the worry, and I'll just throw this out there. You guys take it for whatever you want to take it for. Uh, 25, 40, and 52 games the last three seasons. Um, Bit of a worry. Though some of that Memphis was shenanigans. Was it or wasn't it? I don't know. Man. I, I, don't, we, I mean, I shenanigans. I honestly, like, okay, we said we were going to trade him and we sent him home, but then, like, he never came back. So was that we told him to stay away? Like, I, Which is funny. It's funny that the Memphis can just be like, please leave. What? But if, if Fred Hoiberg plays um, you know, Cameron Payne uh, like five extra minutes, the league finds the Chicago Bulls. But if the Memphis Grizzlies send Tyreek Evans 
literally home to sit around and do nothing and get paid for it. That's not, that's not taking guys. Don't worry. That's not taking. Which makes me think there was a legitimate reason that never quite got out, whether that was some personal issue or some injury issue. I don't know, but I mean, listen, like if he was healthy enough to play, Right. And, and healthy maybe isn't the right word because maybe it was like we saw with Drew Holiday. Like maybe he had a family issue that. Yeah, you never know. Right. Like something but very personal. this guy, this guy was averaging 19 points a game with five assists and five rebounds a game. That's right? nice. Like to just not tr- like somebody would have given them something of value for him if he wanted to play. Right. Like so to just send him home and not play him like on the last year of a contract, like why in the hell would you not trade him for even a second round pick if that was all you could get? Yeah, it made very, very little sense. I have no idea there. Uh, but I think that wraps us up for the Who Do I Draft with Kevin Durant. Pretty good team here. Uh, we went John Wall with pick number 20, getting us ourselves an elite point guard, followed by Caleb, who is going to have uh, our, our rebounds way, way up there, help us with assists from that center position. Um, and now our scoring, our scoring looks really, really good. Our free throws are really, really good. Gordon Hayward comes in at pick 44 in the fourth round, boosting our scoring again, giving us kind of across the board production, boosting our rebounds as well. And then with pick 53, Ricky Rubio, of course, Tyler's favorite guy, but I, I love Ricky Rubio as well. And then a surprise move in pick number six, Nico Miritich, Tyler picking my guy. Uh, bring back the hashtag, bring back the beard. And then with pick, you know, the seventh round pick kind of going a lot of different ways. If you're really into Nurkic, like pick him. Why not? Uh, Brooke Lopez could be really good. Chris Dunn. Everybody likes him. He's going to be elite in steals. Like go after Chris Dunn. Maybe you want your booster percentages with Enos Cantor um, and, and, and a hundred percent win rebounds with that build. If you go Enos Cantor. So well, and a lot of different where- ways you can go. This is worth saying, and I think maybe people are finally realizing this with the way we've been talking about these drafts. Like, we have players that we think are valued pretty properly in some of these places, and players that aren't, right? Like, in that range, we just talked about for the seventh pick. Like, I'm not picking Serge Ibaka, man. Like, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not picking him there. No. I'm not doing it. D'Angelo Russell? No. You know what I mean? No, and, and, nope. You know what I mean? And. As it gets later and later, right, those players get maybe a little more plentiful because you see some upside in a sure. Jaron Jackson Jr. and a Larry Nance and a Wendell Carter, right? Like there's a lot of guys in the clump there, and they could all be good, and it all just depends on which one hits. And, but like up if, there well, – If everybody's reaching down, then all of a sudden a bucket right. becomes very valuable at pick 100. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. Like you got to just kind of take some value at some points. But at the same time, like if you're like Mike and I and you think John Collins and – Jared Allen are going at their ceiling. Like, don't pick those players. Like, even if you need a center, like, there's going to be other big men available. Like, at some point, you're going to get a big man at a decent value. And, like, there's Nick Vucevic right there, right? I'd rather have Vucevic 10 times out of 10 over both those players. Yeah, like, say let, what you want. Let those Vucevic. guys go because that means in your next round, when someone's reaching for those guys, like Collins and Jared Jackson, no, not Jared Jackson. Jared Allen. Jared Jackson's a whole other person. But some people are reaching for him too, and I, I'm a huge fan of his. But if people are reaching, that means there's going to be quality players like Gordon Hayward who slip down to you in your next pick. So that's that's what you're looking for. If someone goes 
uh, gets John Collins a, a great, like maybe John Collins has a really, really good year, but he got him at his absolute normal, like the value that he produced while you ended up getting Vujovic and Gordon Hayward, both at either at their value or undervalued. That's, that's a better draft. It just is. And some of the reasons we can't really go with these last picks and say hundred percent, take Chris Dunn hundred percent taking his canters because I don't know who else got drafted on these other teams. If someone went uh, Andre Drummond, uh, Dwight Howard and Deandre Jordan, well, they're probably going to win rebounds. So it doesn't really make too much sense to go Enos Cantor just to boost your rebounds. If you're not going to be the most elite guy in rebounds. Yeah, but it might make sense. It might make sense to boost it and be the second best guy because then every Perhaps. other week you're beating. So, I mean, you got to look and you got to try to yeah. scout the other teams. And here's the other reality, too. You got to, like, someone surprises me in every draft, at least a little bit, right? Sometimes it's Goran Dragic falling to pick 80. Like, or 100. You know what I mean? Like, you tell me that guy's not going to be, if he's healthy, a top 60 or 70 player. Like, I just think the vet of that is a pretty high percentage, right? And but he's going at pick sixty four. So like where we're looking at him, like we're not really even mentioning him because we like guys like Jeff Teague and Ricky Rubio better. But if he falls down below that Chris Dunn class, right? And he's in there with the the point guards of like fake Eric Gordon and Tyreek Evans and Carmelo Anthony range, right? Like pick a hundred, I'm pretty interested in Goran Dragic. Oh yeah, I'm very interested at that point. And so we, you know, we, we we can't tell you what's going to happen in your particular draft, and I think that's important to say is that like it's easier at the top because we basically know who's going to be available at the middle and late rounds. Like it just keeps getting more and more cloudy because yeah. maybe and I'll, and and I, I see this in drafts, especially like home leagues or whatever you want to call them, where the guys maybe don't really care that much, right? If you're a big Utah Jazz fan, maybe you pick Joe Ingles at pick 30 because you love Joe Ingles and you like the roof for him. Like, that happens in real leagues, and that's oh, not yeah. something we can account for. Listen, there's a lot of Laker fans out there, and there's a lot of Lakers going early, and I'm, I'd be plenty happy to play in one of those leagues because I'm not a huge fan of any of those guys. So that just means better value for me as those guys fall. Um, and that's why we kind of try to give you a, a wide range of guys to pick from and – try to lean on those guys that we say, Hey, and I, these guys are always uh, available around these picks. They're being undervalued. Just look for them. If someone drops, take that person instead. If no one drops, take the value. Don't go with the, the guys who are giving you, uh, who you're taking at their ceiling. Just don't. And that's, that's the best advice that we can give you guys on our, who do I draft series? Uh, we might have one more for you. I think due to popular demand, we are going to be doing the one, the only Russell Westbrook. Though with the injury, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be taking him in the first round anymore, Tyler. So I don't know if we should do the, the Westbrook. But uh, if there's a pop, if there's more tweets out there for people who want to see Westbrook taken, um, we will do Westbrook. Maybe we'll do a LeBron one as well. Um. So here's the fun part about doing Russell Westbrook. I'll make the pitch for the show in case anyone wants to tweet about it. Okay. Pitch for the show is Russell Westbrook more than any other player picked in the first round, such that he's healthy and he deserves to be picked in that first round is the most diminutive player. I guess is the word like it's the easiest punt build in the world because he tells you what he's good at and he tells you what he's bad at. 
And so you just build the team with the way he lets you build the team because in some of his cases, you're not coming back from what he did to your team. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, so he just, he puts you in a box, right? It's like picking Drummond. He puts you in a box. Now you play out of it. There's nothing wrong with picking Drummond. Like Drummond's good at what he's good at, but he's bad at what he's bad at. And he's so bad at what he's bad at that he, you're not recovering. You're yeah, you're like one hundred percent never gonna recover from those. But so, you're you're like leading in quite a bit of stuff right off the bat. Right. And so that's what makes it fun to talk about because we can literally make a whole new set of rankings for a player like Westbrook. Like if I know I'm gonna pick Westbrook for whatever reason. Um and, and here's a draft I'd like to do, Mike. What about LeBron and Westbrook in the same draft? No, no. Here's a draft I'd like to do, though. Okay, this is a, this is a, my new take on a snake draft. Okay? okay, so we do the random order draw, whatever you want to, however you guys want to determine who picks where, whether it's last year's standings or random or whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, that happens like a week before the draft. Okay, then the first round happens like slow, and then the draft takes place. So you know one player you already got. I think that would add, especially for somewhat novice players, that would add kind of a layer of helping to learn how to be better at this. Um, Because now you can get advice from people like us because you know who your player is in the first round. You don't have to worry about like, well, I'm going to pick eight. Maybe I get Durant. Maybe I get Jokic. Maybe Curry slips. Maybe it's LeBron. Right? Like, so – that's kind of a take that I've had on it that I think would help some people, especially some people who maybe aren't that skilled yet. And, and you gotta, we all gotta learn somehow, man. Oh Um, yeah. I mean, all your news players out there, if you guys got questions, uh, hit us up and and we're, I'm going to put a poll out there on the Twitter. Who would you rather hear the, who do I draft about LeBron or Westbrook? Go vote on that. Now I, I'm on Twitter. At Wait, is both an option? What if I want both? Both is not an option, guys. It's not an option. Uh, if we get cool. a lot of votes for both, if it's like 50-50, maybe we'll do both. I'm going to uh, make 900 burners and tweet and click, just click like crazy on both. Well, go find that poll at Watch the Boxes on Twitter. Go vote on that. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Hit us up with feedback for the show, stuff you want to hear. And if you want to join those uh, listener leagues, this is your last chance, guys. This is your last chance to join the listener leagues. Uh, we got Dan's going to join. Lewis from the la- one of the last shows. He's going to he's going to join. Uh, Mike Taylor is going to get exclusive content on the uh, Patreon. That is patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you want access to that, go subscribe. Check it out. Uh, we are going to be bringing you. I mean, real soon. Real life basketball i can't wait like we're we're about a week away and the nba did good of giving us two games on that first night that i'm personally pretty excited about oh yeah those are gonna be really good games so check us out we'll see you next time for more watching the boxes have a good one everybody